2: Welcome, everybody, to Wednesday World Games, episode number 55. I am joined by my co-host, Liam Jones. Liam, every week we talk about AEW Dynamite and WWE NXT. Uh, Which was show of the week? Uh, It was um,
3: AEW. Uh, Match of the week? Um, Young Bucks versus Top Flight. Imagine if we literally just ended it right here. (laughs) (laughs) Would be a tremendous bit. (laughs)
2: <laughs> literally upload a 30 second podcast all right so you
3: can follow garrett at garrett kidney you can follow me at counter at
2: wargames pod if you would like more AEW podcast coverage in your podcasting feed you can listen to everything elite if you'd like more w television show coverage in your podcasting feed this is where liam says why would you want w television show coverage
3: in your feed?
2: and i'm like because jeff does a great job you can listen to shake them ropes thanks for listening and welcome to the show liam how are you doing by, oh, um, yeah, adequate. Adequate is a decent state of being. It's better than bad. Not as good as good. Mm,
3: it's like the purgatory of being. People talk a lot of shit about purgatory, hmm. but like, it's better than some of the alternatives.
2: Like being tortured in hell endlessly?
3: Yeah, like, I'm sure it's boring, but, but like, I actually, know. hmm. Garrett, here's my question fire away. Would you, would you rather be tortured in hell for eternity or would you rather be in purgatory for eternity?
2: It depends what purgatory consists of.
3: It's a big white room and there is seats.
2: Comfy seats or just adequate seats?
3: Um, Yeah, middle of the road seats. I'd take purgatory. They are those wooden benches. You
2: can, so there's no you can cushioning. use the most valuable thing, Liam. You don't need things. You have your imagination.
3: Oh, you've already gone crazy. You have, you're not even in purgatory and you've gone crazy.
2: How long, legitimately, do you think an endless purgatory would take for you to go crazy?
3: I mean, at that point, time doesn't even exist. So immediately... Mm-hmm. <laughs>
2: You're just slowly, quickly, quickly losing your mind? Probably quickly losing your mind. Because of the things you'd have to invent in your mind just to get a, to a, like, decent state of being. Well,
3: <laughs> do you get to gallivant around with other people in purgatory?
2: Well, that's a question, isn't it? If it's your own little contained purgatory.
3: Do you have to, like, do you get food, but it's all, like, very middling food? Yeah. Is the only drink just water? Yeah. Do you get to live in houses, or do you just sit on a bench all day? Just the bench.
2: You also sleep on the bench, which is... Do you sleep? I don't know. Sleep is a is a sleeper. It depends what your relationship with sleep is, I guess, whether or not that's In a rewarding depiction activity. depiction
3: of purgatory I've ever seen, mm-hmm. it's always been, like, very bright.
2: What are you basing this on?
3: I don't know.
2: What depictions of purgatory have you seen?
3: I don't... I can't name them. I can name what they looked like, and it was just a big white room.
2: The only depiction of purgatory that comes to mind for me is the one from The Good Place. Mm. Which is just a house in the middle yeah. of nowhere.
3: I was going for, like, the more classical, like, it's a a waiting bay, essentially.
2: So it's just, like, a big white void with mm. a bench.
3: Yeah. With, like... But, like, that's the question. Is it, is it, it's a big DMV. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> and people just keep coming in. Do you and have to like, stand in line Once a, a
2: millennia, someone leaves. How do they get out? What's the process? Uh, that's...
3: That's above my pay grade, mate.
2: Nah, you're not the ideas guy here.
3: I'm just, like... I'm not making those decisions. That's a very important decision for whatever deities are in charge...
2: Speaking of purgatory, every think... week we, we no, review WWE. No, it's a good, God... It was a good segue. No. You ruined you a think... good segue. Let it was me... a perfectly I, I good have segue a to the purgatory I have that, a is that is stuck watching this stupid NXT show long after upon. it was good. And we're stuck here forever reviewing the show until the end of time. Go, expand on your thought. I was going to say, do you reckon like Satan,
3: Lucifer, Beelzebub, And, um, the big G-Man. Do you reckon they, like,
2: draft people from Purgatory? This is, this is a, of course this is where your brain would go. It's like, I would like to be a god solely so I can do drafting from Purgatory.
3: Yeah, but, like, do you go, alright, I want Steve Lemon. Because he had a puppy and he treated it
2: nice, so I'm gonna draft him. But, like, wouldn't... But the uh, the draft wouldn't really work though, would it? What 'cause like God and and old D Man would want two very different sets of people, so that it's not like they'd be competing over anybody.
3: I think they just want the best of the best. But like but no, hell people want the worst of the worst. No, they don't. Yeah, they just dude, want a, the... No. The No, you fool. Like there's plenty of good people who have <laughs> Like, I'm acting like it's real. Um, (laughs) Liam knows he's going to hell, okay? There's plenty of good people in hell, alright? Hell is just a place where if you've done some bad... Like, let's be real, if we're going to take in the literal sense, if you've done one bad thing in your life and you don't repent, you've you've gone to hell.
2: Would you like to repent right now, Liam? Bless me, Father, for I have sinned.
3: (laughs) Is this... I don't know if I can do a confession
2: over the internet. It has been approximately... Uh, sixteen years since my last confession, give or take. <laughs>
3: um, oh yeah, you got that Irish like Catholic guilt,
2: which naturally that's, comes with the territory. Yeah, I was gonna say
3: that's like the realist
2: version. I'm a fully communed and confirmed Catholic. I'm going to heaven. I got in the door.
3: I uh, I got baptized in grade one for free stuff, so I'm going, baby.
2: Yeah, I've been baptized. I've been confirmed. I've been, I've, I've had first holy communion. God got, clearly loves me. I haven't seen him I, since, mind you, but...
3: I got uh, Yu-Gi-Oh cards for my baptism. When did you get baptised? Uh, grade one, as soon as I found out that they were going to give me free stuff.
2: But what age is grade one, and you're... Uh, seven. You get baptised at seven?
3: You can get baptised at any age. I know, but, like, why do you wait until you're seven? Well, because I didn't care about it, and I did it to purely for personal gain. Oh. <sighs> god will strike you down nah he has to he like me that's see. the rules
2: that's the rules because yeah i was probably baptized when i was like six months old or whatever wow long like again getting in the door with big g-man very early just in case i don't
3: think <laughs> i don't think that he really cares that much
2: but i i am a man of his faith despite never practicing his faith
3: i went to a lutheran school for 11 years
2: Did you learn all about Big God?
3: Yep, made me into a staunch (laughs) non-believer.
2: Oh, you're the rebellious questioning authority kind of one, aren't you? I
3: I mean, I don't think I know... I know, like, three people that left that schooling system believing in in God.
2: You're, like, one of those people, if God's real, why is there war?
3: Uh, if... Uh, if God's real, yeah. uh, Why do people starve? <laughs> Checkmate.
2: Because Eighties. those people have not—they have sinned against the world. They have not been good enough believers, uh, obviously, Liam.
3: Those children have not <laughs> followed the faith of, of the Lord God and our bad? Savior Jesus Christ. Is this, this conversation going to like <laughs> annoy people?
2: I tried to do a wonderful segue onto talking about AEW and NXT and then you're like, Jesus, man, what's going on with him?
3: Jesus, man. So Every we're week, talking... nope, we up. talk. We were talking... No, this will this will go into it. It's fine. About. AEW, <laughs> a- so faithless fool, we, we... <laughs> talk about <laughs> AEW and NXT. In the DMs, uh-huh. we were talking about how like, This podcast structure was completely destroyed by the fact that one of the shows was so clearly worse than the other. (laughs)
2: Hey, come back as any day now. NXT is going to be good again. (laughs) But
3: it's like... We didn't, like,
2: calculate
3: that possibility
2: at (laughs) any point.
3: We're just like, yeah, they'll be about the same level the whole time. (laughs) NXT has been winning
2: more in recent months than it did before recent months. Yeah, but it's
3: so clearly, like, comparing... I don't know some, like, local mum and pop shop to, like, a corporation. You know what I mean? Like, one just feels like a big deal
2: and the other doesn't at all. That is your bias. Your bias is coming through and it is... It's not my bias. It's rooting your objective observations on NXT. We have
3: 54 (laughs) polls that are in my side.
2: Yeah, there was that one, though. (laughs) That Impact one? No, the Christmas one that NXT actually won. Wow! See, so, c- clearly they can only win on the Christmas episodes. Yeah, we're coming up on it. NXT's big moment, right? Actually, no. I'm going to lobby. Hello, listeners. I'm Garrett. This the is co- bias of your podcast on the Christmas episode of this NXT. This is literally bias. I would like you to vote for NXT in the poll. I don't care what the shows are like. I wow. don't care what the difference between the shows are this like. This is bullshit. This is some shit. Please, on the Christmas episode, vote for NXT. Roughly seven minutes after saying I was biased. I'm campaigning for NXT. I think they deserve this one. They worked hard for it. This is literal voter fraud. Your voter fraud. damn. I have been owned thoroughly. Owned in every way one can be owned. Every week. (laughs) We talk about AEW Dynamite and WWE NXT. AEW won Uh, last week. uh. So we shall talk about... AEW Dynamite this week, which (gasps) opened with the Young Bucks against Top Flight in Liam's match of the week, as we already revealed in the intro. Wow. Liam, talk about it.
3: Um, This was a Bucks fun TV match that we used to be able to rave about when AEW was but a twinkle in our eyes before they decided that every one of their matches needed to be roughly three minutes too long. Every um,
2: single Young Bucks television match should be exactly this. Eight minutes and 45 seconds. It should be exactly eight minutes and 45 seconds every single time, Young Bucks. That's, that's the new edict. You should stick by this.
3: They did a bunch of cool moves. They made Top Flight look really good, I thought. And
2: mm-hmm. I thought Top Flight looked good, really good on their own merit as well.
3: Yeah, but I'm also saying like they gave them the opportunity to. They could have eaten them up, let's be real. You know what but, it actually um,
2: reminded me of? because I've I've been skimming through the Young Bucks book, it reminded me of the Young Bucks TV matches with the guns in TNA.
3: I think that was probably, like, pretty purposeful.
2: Yeah, it's the same match. The Young Bucks are in the guns role, Top Flight are in the Young Bucks role. This is the future. Maybe maybe Top Flight will be the team that we kind of always hope Private Party would be, but it still hasn't really happened. See, that's
3: what I'm... I'm curious if, like, long-term that becomes, like, the rivalry. If, like... I assume AEW are, are trying to sign them or have already, right? Like
2: you don't give them this match against the Young Bucks unless they're signed, you right? You don't Ben Carter this shit again, right? <laughs> but even Ben Carter only got as far as the fake dynamite that was on like hours off after the basketball. But it was clear that they wanted the dude
3: and they were starting something with him before they even signed them. So I'm I'm hoping they don't make that mistake and they actually get these guys under contract.
2: Yeah, you'd hope they've learned their lesson and they do not give people competitive matches against the Young Bucks without yet signing a contract.
3: It would would be really cool to see Private Party and Top Flight like kind of mirror each other and kind of take that like Young Gun tag team rivalry role.
2: And be like the the generational rivalry of our... What's the name of this company? AW. (laughs) (laughs) But
3: yeah, I, I I don't think we've seen something like that in a while. Because there's really never been that opportunity, because one company, the one company that could really do it, doesn't care about that. (laughs) I guess you you kind of get it in New Japan.
2: Private Party are really the only newish tag team, the only unestablished tag team really in AEW right now, aren't they?
3: Am I missing anybody? Uh, As far as like young teams,
2: yeah. As far as like a a new team who are really getting exposure for the The first time, the
3: acclaimed is that what they're called?
2: But they're still dark. They haven't been promoted yet. They don't count. Though they have been signed, so I guess they do count. But still. That's why I said them. <laughs> they have yet to feature in Dynamite. They don't count. They're still on Dark where I don't have to realise they exist.
3: I don't think there's anyone else. Like, Private Party were really the role, that role for the yeah. first year of AEW. And, like, hopefully, like, you know, uh, Top Flight signing and Top Flight getting a position like this kind of makes Private Party go, oh, shit, maybe we gotta step up our game a little bit to make sure that we don't get overtaken by this new young hotness
2: yeah competition's always good for everybody mm. you're not the de facto good young team anymore
3: exactly like you, and you're gonna have to you know I, I i think i'm a little higher on private party than you
2: have been i especially am recently inconsistent on private party i think I, I i will admit i've soured more on private party than i used to
3: yeah but um
2: they don't really excite me anymore
3: that's fair i think but I know it's weird. Like they have so many people in this tag division, but the fact that they only ever do like one tag feud <laughs> kind of sours it a little bit. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah. Like these, like both of these teams should be working like programs with the Lucha Bros because that's where they get better, or programs with Santana and Ortiz because that's where they get better. But all those Santana teams Santana Ortiz
3: just... have been completely mismanaged, right?
2: <laughs> oh, it's so like, like we're gonna talk about the hangover skits, but when Santana and Ortiz were just doing goofy comedy again and the freaking. Dopey 11 year old movie skits. I'm just like, uh, please, please do something with them.
3: Like, I- like I know you don't watch Dark, but at the very least, you could be running like stories on Dark. You know what I mean? Like, not every match has to be a squash. You mm. could be doing a feud on Dark with Santana Ortiz and Private Party, or with Santana Ortiz and Top Flight now, you know? Like, they don't just have to have matches with people.
2: Yeah. They're like oh God, they're, they're, like as I said, when I saw that segment, they're just doing goofs, and I'm just like, God, he did damn
3: cocaine? It.
2: And Conan was there. He should have slapped him back into shape. <laughs> no, he just got high as fuck. He should not have been able to recognize what the what his what his old proteges have become in this AEW. What have they become? They're truly the Judas in their mind. Let's move on to that because it's next. The the first mm. of was there two? It was two, was wasn't two. it? two Vegas scenes where they did some hangover skits.
3: Yeah, I didn't mind these. I thought they were entertaining enough,
2: but I didn't need a second one.
3: Like, I feel like you could have condensed it all into one segment. Hmm. <laughs> um, I thought it was alright, you know. It was better than some of the other skits that they've done. The Conan cameo, and the Elvis cameo, and Elvis joining the inner circle. There were some fun bits in it. It but- was, um... I started uh, doing, like, a bit of dishes. I started doing the dishes while watching this segment, and it was a good background for that, so.
2: well, there you go. I, I, like, I'm not offended by it, but I didn't think it was particularly funny or interesting either. It was television.
3: It is funny that, like, they're like, oh, yeah, you know what, what's the most relevant
2: thing we can reference? It's, like, full Vince McMahon just being, like, Vince completely out of touch you referencing movies years after they happened because he probably caught them on cable or something. <laughs> it's like The Hangover, that's it.
3: And like, the thing is, you really couldn't have done some sort of Tyson thing, considering... Considering he was yeah he was in The Hangover,
2: yeah. God damn it.
3: <laughs> I think that was, it, like most people watching this, that was their expected payoff to this. <laughs> was yeah, they were going to at least reference that. some Tyson stuff with Jericho.
2: At least gotten a tiger. You got a Swoggle cameo, what more do you want? <laughs> And,
3: yeah, there was a couple of fun moments, but uh, nothing nothing crazy,
2: you know what I mean? It I wasn't enjoyed... even particularly, like, character revelatory, either. It was just skits.
3: Yeah. But that's the thing. I don't think it was... I don't think it's meant to be telling you too much about... I think the thing that we're trying to get across here is that MJF does actually like the Inner Circle guys. Mm-hmm. I think that's the point that's trying to... And that Sammy legitimately hates him.
2: Good. Team Sammy. But,
3: um, yeah. It was eight,
2: you know... John Moxley cut a promo in which he revealed that Renee is pregnant. Uh, but we will not mention this promo. Yes, we will move how on. How dare he? We will respect their privacy. Orange Cassidy defeated Kip Sabian in a, an interminably long match. This match God, was... this was so long. I was like, why is this match still going? And like, the, the thing about it is, like I, I can't remember a
3: single thing from it either. No, I really
2: can't. Uh, no the only thing I remember was Miro getting very mad at him putting his foot in the rope that's the only thing I remember from this match and then Miro came in and hit a hell of a clothesline and killed Orange Cassidy Uh, my favourite part of the foot in the rope bit was like J.R. being like Tony we gotta remember this you know what to do with this right Tony because like obviously Miro will put his foot in the rope in the future and they'll go what a hypocrite but Mm. J.R. literally in real time being like "Oh, we gotta remember this Tony don't forget this Maybe the payoff tag will be fun. Keeping, like, for the entirety of all of these freaking Inner Circle, or not Inner Circle, all these best friends and Miro skits, it's like, maybe the next thing they do will be good. The trade match was good. I guess. Uh, man, I just like
3: it more when they talk about gaming.
2: They should play each other in Fortnite. They should...
3: No, they play Warzone, Garrett. Sorry, with the am the so sorry. They should, um, reveal Miro and Kip Sabian's votes for the Game Awards.
2: <laughs> Oh, I hope they get yeah. votes. Yeah, they should be part of the jury. AEW should get a vote. <laughs> AEW games. What do you think, Miro and Kip Sabian would vote for in Game of the Year? Probably they'd be like, no, Among Us wasn't even out this year. That was out in 2018.
3: Yeah. Uh, well, I would say right now, Orange Cassidy would vote for Hades.
2: <laughs> yes, it is Game of the Year. That is the official Wednesday of War Games Game of the Year. I don't wait. you don't think you get to make the decision. For, fine. Um, would you do What would you be your Game of the Year right now, Liam? Is it like? I don't know the um, nominees. We don't know the game awards nominees. You can pick whatever you want.
3: Uh Game of the Year. What came out this year? What have I played? Ah, uh, it'd be Ghost of Tsushima, probably. Boring open world games. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Kip and <laughs> Miro would just vote <laughs> for Warzone, even though the game didn't come out this year. I think they just assume it did.
2: <laughs> no, they feel like Animal Crossing voters to me.
3: Nah, they're two dude growies.
2: I don't know. I think Kip secretly has a very fancy Animal Crossing island.
3: Yeah, you know, I believe that, but Miro definitely only plays first-person
2: Miro has an Animal Crossing person who is dressed in Gucci.
3: How would rule though?
2: Their entire house is Bulgarian-based.
3: Well, this is a really good review of this match.
2: Listen, this review has probably gone on as long as this match. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Tony did a contract signing with Kenny Omega, but. John Moxley had been attacked! This was lame. This was bad. Uh, A couple of notes first. Kenny Omega has, in fact, added he is a Wrestling Observer Hall of Famer to his entrance. Mm -hmm. As he should. Uh, The match is now being billed as Winter is Coming, the Game of Thrones reference, which is apparently being officially licensed from Warner Media. I'm like, okay.
3: I mean, it's cool, I guess. Do Do what you do.
2: But again, like... That's the Game of Thrones catchphrase from, like, six years ago, you
3: know? I don't watch Game of Thrones, so I don't know.
2: It would be one... Th- it's, it's like it's the a hangover. It's cool show name. Uh, well, it's still called AEW Dynamite. It's just... It's a tagline for a show. It's not a show name. I thought they were calling the actual show Winter is Coming. They? I thought it was more like, oh, the Winter is Coming episode of Dynamite, but that's still a dynamite. It's not...
3: Well, yeah, but it's, like, the same way they they call it, like, you know... That was the blood and guts episode of
2: Dynamite. Yeah, but those ones are branded as Bash at the Beach. But I think this one is just AEW Dynamite. Winter is coming. It's just like a slogan. I don't know. It's it's
3: you know it's a classic Dynamite fake pay per view. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think it's a cool name.
2: Do 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 do. Just get get up on your cultural references. That's all I'm saying. Is Kenneth
3: gonna use a like come out in a big like suit of armor or some shit?
2: He's gonna dress as the Night King. I know what that is. You watched like four episodes of Game of Thrones or something, didn't you? I watched one episode of Game of Thrones. Yeah, weren't you going to watch it with your roommate or something at one stage?
3: Um, yeah, and then they didn't watch whatever I told them to watch. So I was like, fuck you.
2: We had the second Vegas skit. It was worse than the first. Sure was. Which brought us into Pack defeating The Blade.
3: I just want to say that I thought the Kenny Omega, John Moxley segment was like really bad looking and came off really low rent. Why? I, it was the mock stuff. It was the backstage, like, oh, we have an altercation. It looks, it just looked
2: really bad to me. I'm per- currently playing SmackDown 2 for a video review that will go up tomorrow, because it's the 20th anniversary of the game. It'll actually go up before this podcast. So by the time you listen to this podcast, you can go to youtube.com slash watch my retrospective of SmackDown 2. Uh, but the stories load in that game is like half of it is just like so and so randomly attacked backstage do 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 Michael Cole shrugs that's basically what this segment was
3: yeah it was, I didn't like it I thought it was kind of shitty but that's it I guess it was it, I guess it was because I was kind of excited to see them both cut promos on each other and then it was just like haha nope <laughs> then, the best part about it was Kenny's pen not working who attacked him Liam? um it was Kenny Omega. <laughs> It was Kota Ibushi. Whoa! Forbidden door. Wait, who's it was Kenta? Jay White. No, because Kenta's the one facing Mox. It was Bushi. He put Mox's head through the briefcase.
2: Yeah. Pack defeated the but or the blade even, the other one, Baldy. They're both kinda bald. Uh, another good showing for the blade this week, after two after the the my whatchamacallit bunkhouse match last week. Yeah. Shoutouts to
3: him for like having another match like the week after. Cause yeah, because he, he bled buckets.
2: Probably, maybe he could have been given a week off.
3: I mean, you could have at least. They must not trust the butcher in a singles match because it's always the blade.
2: But he did the match against Mox.
3: Did I oh, did I take it all back?
2: So the butcher is clearly the the world title contender that they want to protect, as opposed to the blade who is disposable. <laughs> always dispose of
3: your blades properly.
2: That's true. You should do that. Never dispose of your butchers. That's true. You need meat. Good match, I thought. Solid yeah, it
3: match. was... I thought it was, you know... I don't a, a little boring. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't know. The, I really liked a lot of the angles and stuff in this show, but the mm. matches just were kind of meh, besides the Young Bucks tag. Mm.
2: Speaking of angles, after the match, uh, the butcher of the blade and... Kingston beat up Park before the Lucha Bros made the save and Death Triangle is back together. I also thought this was kind of bad. <laughs> I thought that like the and it's funny that they do like the, the, they did the same segment twice but in reverse because you're like yeah. Penta came out he was had the chair he was going to attack them no he saved the, the Death Triangle and then in the main event Will Hobbs comes out he has the chair no he turned it's like it's the same angle just a different outcome. I think this kind of like stunk because he didn't actually hit anyone with the chair.
3: Yeah. Which made it look like super awkward, and I thought it, it was a real interesting decision to do these two big turns in front of like the taped, tired, less people crowd. Mm. Like, why would you, should, you probably could have just saved these until you had the fresh crowd the next week?
2: And again, not done both of them on the same show in pretty much the exact same way.
3: I don't necessarily mind that, but it's I, you know, you got to have a
2: crowd that's hot for it a bit of variety you know look at your bucket sheet and go oh wait we booked the same angle twice no Cody booked the main Kenny booked this
3: <laughs> backstage turmoil
2: uh Jade Cargill attacked Brandy <laughs> this is stupid <laughs> this is really bad
3: you really don't like this show do you Liam oh these it just comes across as so low rent <laughs> Uh, Mr. Liam,
2: I like the angles on the show. Liam, what do you think of these angles on the show?
3: They're so bad. Okay, there was it was a run, it was a bad run of two in a row. Right, I thought like Jade Stomp looked like complete shit. <laughs> I thought Vicky like palming off the refs like ooh, don't come through. Ooh, also looked like complete
2: shit. I don't know, man. I'm trying. <laughs> Right, we'll go to something that I thought, we'll just, we'll move on. Serena Deeb and Thunder Rosa, I thought they had a good match. Even though yeah, I, thought I like the this An- match. Yeah, there we it go. It was good. <laughs> this, you see, this is where I point to, where people are like, women's division, you can't do it. And like, these two had a really good match. Now imagine if you gave people a reason to care about them having a really good match. That's the next step. And it's really not that hard. Thunder Rosa went up and mean-mugged her at the pay
3: per view. <laughs>
2: Yes, that is the, that, but that's the extent of the character development of all of these women. They just face off, they have their match, they all move on. They did nothing deeper.
3: Mm. I did like the Rosa Brit stuff, though, and I'm actually excited for that match, which
2: is cool. And it got a reaction. I was about to say, I think that post-match pull-apart was the best women's angle in AEW history.
3: Well, the crowd certainly would agree with you. They were actually fired up for it, which I thought was cool.
2: It felt like something, for the first time in their women's division, which they have just given no attention to whatsoever, it felt like something that had a bit of juice. It's just, it's not just you wrestle, you move on, you get in the face of you, move on, you attack, you to set up, you move on. It's like, no, this is actually an angle. It felt a little hot, even though I thought the running spot was kind of sucked during the match. But anyway. It's also not for the title. (laughs) Which is always nice. But also, what are they doing with Cheetah? That's true, but you can't have, you can have two women segments on the same show, Liam, it's not allowed. You're a woman's champion.
3: <laughs> I think what, uh, we all know what happened, is unfortunately they put all of their eggs in the Joshi basket, and then a worldwide pandemic stopped them from getting all of the Joshi wrestlers.
2: But the, you see, I would accept that if all those character development problems didn't also exist in the first days of Dynamite. They probably had better matches, but they still didn't flesh out the division.
3: Although, you you are right because of the whole, um... Uh, why am I blanking? Riho... Who did Riho face on the
2: first show? Was it Emi Sakura? Yeah.
3: Where, like, they had that first... Which was, like, a really good match, actually. I really enjoyed that. But, like, they had a story there and they just chose not to
2: tell it. Yeah. They're, like... There are other stories on the show. And, like... It always seems like it's the women's matches that that happens to. If it happened to once in a blue moon, you know, it's like not every pay per view is going to have this big home run angle, but none of these pay per views have any big home run angle. And that stage, you're just like, you're not even trying. I was going to say, I guess the only
3: one ever that got close was probably the first Sheeta Nyla match. Yeah. When they had the the no DQ match, which was like the second best match on that show, too. Mm-hmm. So it can happen, it can work. Just just try.
2: Just try to do it. That's all we're looking for.
3: Maybe. I'm just hoping that, you know, when they do enter this third hour, like, big quotation marks, that, like, (laughs) they can dedicate more than another 15 minutes to the women. They won't. (sighs) Maybe maybe we just need one of, like, the women to get really over, (laughs) and then they'll start focusing on it.
2: But the problem is, none of them are being pushed enough to get really over. It would be a complete fluke.
3: Well, maybe this Thunder Rosa-Brit Baker feud will be the start of it.
2: Maybe it will be. And, like, Brit is the shining example of someone they actually put time into character development and then she does an angle like this and the crowd responds to it. I was to
3: say, because Britt actually is over. <laughs> because they let her talk every week. Yeah. It's not hard. Or maybe, Garrett, the person who will save this division will be Anna Jay.
2: Uh, I'm reading this and I don't remember this segment. <laughs> Do you not? No. I do. It was um, John
3: Silva was kind of just hyping up Anna Jay as Sheeta's opponent because Brody Lee forced Tony Khan to make the title match.
1: In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We hype ourselves up thinking, maybe I can pull a Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now off. Again, that's arena club.com slash VOW net, arena club.com slash VOW net for 10% off your first purchase on Arena Club. And we thank them for sponsoring the Voices of the Wrestling Podcast Network.
0: And no. John
3: Silver is, like, a little weird pervert guy who, like, screams now. I don't remember it at all.
2: Like, legitimately, no memory of it happening. Yeah. Am I just blacking out? Is that what's Were happening you... here? <laughs> Were you falling asleep? <laughs> might have been a good chance. Was I doing something while watching this show? I don't even remember. Uh, main event, Brian well, Cage and Next week. Uh, do we have next week? What is next week? Next week, we have Hikaru oh, Shida
3: yeah. versus Anna J for the AEW Women's Championship. Pack! And Ray Phoenix teaming up against the Butcher and the Blade, not getting a week off again. Poor guy. Will Hobbs is going to wrestle, and Chris Jericho and Jake Hager versus S.E.U. and probably your main event. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Speaking of tag team main events, uh, Brian Cage and Ricky Starks defeated Darby Allen and Cody Rhodes in a perfectly acceptable, forgettable. Yeah, match. this
3: was a decent little match that had a cool finish.
2: Uh, oh yeah, the Avalanche, well, that's a wild finish to break out for a TV tag, by the way. I was gonna say, if you're gonna do it, you could at least do it in the Derby singles match. As well as, uh, if they're doing the Derby singles match, Derby is probably winning, so you might as well break it out in the TV tag.
3: I guess, yeah. The match is kind of nothing, I guess, like, the real talking point is the angle after. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, as we said... You, Darby was very rude for not letting Will Hobbs actually think about his answer and it came back to bite him in the ass I would have
2: liked some more development in the weeks between about that I think they wanted the shock though <sighs> but shock value is bad in wrestling it usually just leads to short-handed storytelling sure
3: but I will give them credit I thought this angle was really good I thought it I thought um the thing that's like problem with these turn angles is normally the person just waits around too long to do the thing
2: Mm
3: -hmm. But, like, Hobbs held the belt up, Cody went up to him, and he immediately swung it around and laid him out. So I thought that was really good. Um, I like team Taz, especially with Will Hobbs on the team.
2: Yeah, I I thought it was well executed. But I I do think, like, that segment where Darby didn't let him answer was, like, two months ago. You know? And the steps between then, I don't think I've actually felt like it was even, like, teasing this.
3: (laughs) I was going to say, no, like... it was purely like to do the swerve because every other interaction they've had, Hobbs was just legitimately saving Darby.
2: Yeah, so I don't, I don't like things. That's Vince Russo shite. Just doing it to do the swerve. People are yeah. shocked, bro, because you know it doesn't really make sense. <laughs> that's the reason people are shocked.
3: But like you said, execution was well of maybe a fumbled uh, walk there. You know what I mean? Mm.
2: But yeah, that's a cool stable. Yeah. I hope they don't do the same thing they've done with them for the last two pay-per-view cycles where they have feuds that don't go anywhere. Hopefully this is the actual moment Team Taz is the thing that's actually doing something meaningful on this show.
3: Okay, this is weird, right? Because I assumed they were going to go with Cage-Darby. Mm-hmm. But now it feels more like they're going to go with Cody-Cage. Yeah. But then they had Cage-Pin-Darby.
2: Yeah. But then you had Hobbs do the turn, so is it Cody and Hobbs?
3: Maybe, but like I felt like you were gonna do Stark's Derby this whole time. I thought that was gonna be like they're gonna get like a big TNT title main event or something.
2: No, they they got a TV match a while back, that's it.
3: (laughs) I guess, but I you know, it still feels like that's where they were going.
2: It does like the Team Taz stuff. I I like them as a group, I think Taz has cut good promos, but the actual like their presence on the show has been just so scatterbrained. It's like, yeah, it just zigzags all over the place with no payoffs.
3: They need to be more concise with where they're going with it a little bit. Mm. It's just a little out there throwing stuff against the wall, I think. Like, how... Do you think they were planning this Hobbs turn the whole time?
2: Like, they did lay that seed for or he didn't answer Darby like two months ago. So I think that was the best, Like, I don't think they did anything in between then to continue to build to it. But they did like lay they that seed two months ago. They actively did the opposite. Yeah. 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 I don't know.
3: <laughs> I don't know, but it it annoys me that we have to have these kind of discussions about AEW, because I wish it was just a concise company that made sense yeah, <laughs> that's that can... literally that was literally the lowest bar I had for this company was, <laughs> can it make sense please and like, the
2: problem is it makes usually like 75% sense you know, it nearly gets there, but it's that little bit that it's the bits that don't make sense that are just really like, kind of irksome it's like yeah. God, like just put the little pieces together and it all clicks into place if you just put a little more time and thought into it. That's what we said the whole time. If you just
3: took like the tiniest bit of extra thought and put it into each segment, it'd be so much better instead of just like, all right, here's the idea, let's do that idea. It's like no, maybe we we take an hour, <laughs> we think about that idea a bit more, and we work out the different levels to it. Yeah, because wrestling is allowed to have multiple levels. It doesn't need to just be the basic idea whoa really? yeah we have su- like, we've been saying this for a while now but it's like we have such a low barometer for what's good at storytelling in wrestling we, really we can do. hold it to the same standards of other mediums
2: like still to this day people are in awe of psychology of like he worked the arm he worked the arm the finish exactly. had the arm That's... being hurt we,
3: we have like whole subsects of Twitter that like orgasm every time someone works a knee yeah and then it's actually sold properly, because there's so many times where things like that are just overlooked. It's like, I get, I I get why I guess, because you know it's different people. It's hard to hold. There's a lower stand, low, a lower standard of entry. <laughs> you know what I mean for the performers. Mm. I guess like an actor generally has to be a pretty good actor to be in some sort of like major film, but like a regular athletic dude can end up in a major company. I suppose then again, that's the, that's the jobs of the road agents. That's the jobs of the people backstage. That's your Arn Anderson's and your Dean Malinko's. They should be making up for those young uh, talents who don't know those kind of things.
2: It's weird, isn't it? Mm.
3: It's <sighs> Wrestling's such a weird business.
2: And it, like Like, when you consider how much wrestling is made and how much of it is actively not very good, it kind of blows your mind.
3: Has it always been this way? <laughs> and we just, like, had different perspectives? Maybe? I don't know. Oh. Like, were there, like, mid-twenties dudes as, like, perplexed by the state of wrestling <laughs> 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago? Well, 10 years ago, definitely there was. 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago?
2: Probably was. And we're all like, just just connect those little dots. It's not that hard. Just try a little mm. harder here. it's It'll work out. It'll all be better. I'm sure there was some early 2000s forum
3: posts saying the exact same things. Yeah. That's dynamite. A show I think we kind of shat
2: on, even though I don't think it was actually a particularly bad show. Yeah, this
3: is is like the NXT special, where it's like, (laughs) we kind of shit on it, but I was kind of like, pretty into it. (laughs) Although, there was a lot of times where I thought this show dragged and was pretty boring. Mm. There was a lot of times where I was looking at my phone.
2: (laughs) Maybe that's why I forgot the Anna J segment. (laughs) (laughs) NXT! Opened with Leon Ruff. I was going to say, a show that I actually thought was pretty good. (laughs) I thought it was an above average episode of NXT. Which opened with Leon Ruff against Daniel Gargano, which I hated the finish of, but they redeemed Leon later Ross in the real show. good, though, isn't he? He is. He's great. Which is he's Just a... push him. Just push him. Get rid of the nonsense. Well, I think.
3: I think in their weird roundabout NXT way, they are. I could see it paying off well, mm-hmm. especially if they do the triple threat. And what I kind of think is going to happen is like Priest lays out Gar- Gargano, then Leon will like throw him out the ring and pin Gargano, and we'll start getting like. He's more... Because se- like, I think they did a good job of making Leon more serious on this episode.
2: I zigzagged a lot because, like, this I didn't like at all because the thing... What, what really annoyed me about the finish of this match was that because, if, in case people didn't watch NXT, because I believe our listeners don't watch NXT, uh, the, the finish was Damien Priest pulled Leon Ruff out of the ring, punched Leon Ruff so that Ruff would get disqualified, or, yeah, Gargano uh, would get disqualified and Ruff would retain the championship. But the commentary were like, and it's another great night of celebration for Leon Ruff, even though he just got his ass kicked. You can't, you can't, ho- you can't hold commentary against the wrestlers.
3: You know what I mean? That's Like, true. commentary and divinity has always been trash and always will be.
2: But they're pretty, produ- he's produced this day. And then, like, later in the show, when they had the backstage pre-tape, where, like, uh, Damien Priest was being kind of condescending and a jerk, and Ruff stood up to him. I was like, oh, oh, oh. And then later in the show again, when they had the segment where Ruff like cartoonishly did a series of like Home Alone reversals to get the better of Damian Priest and Tiger. I thought that was good,
3: but it, because like Leon is a smaller dude, he's not going to go in there and just knock them both out. Like it, it makes sense for how he wrestles for him to be avoiding the two bigger dudes and throwing them into each other. And I also think it makes a lot of sense when they both turn their attention to him and slide in that he makes his escape then. Because why would he stand there and just get beat up by the two dudes who are more accomplished, higher level, and w- will beat him up?
2: I would agree if when he didn't when he came to the ring he didn't do the like, Oh gee, shucks, I'm looking face to face with Damien Priest, I'm about to shit my pants look in his face. I'm like, no! At least show fire! Give me fire! He, I think
3: he did show enough fire. Mm. Especially when he was going through that like taking everyone out stage and then he was about to dive on them before they did the both look at him thing. I think, I don't know. I think it it made sense for the people telling the story. If it was like just, you know, a regular six foot two jacked dude baby face then yeah, I'd be more like go in there and actually fight it off. But like, that's exactly how he should handle that situation. Alright. Like I said, my whole like end opinions on this whole story will be based on where they go and what they do at war games. If they do do the triple threat, which Leon should win.
2: I'm trying to think of how he wins in a way that NXT will find palatable.
3: It's Priest doing his big move to Gargano, then Leon Ruff kicking him out of the ring and pinning him.
2: Nah, That sucks, though. That's bad.
3: Or, like, um, he'll do his big move and then Leon will do some dive and hit both of them and then pin Gargano.
2: Mm, both those are bad. I
3: mean, it's, I, I think it's the natural story.
2: I don't like it like, I think
3: eventually you start making Leon more credible but like he's still not a super credible dude that's going to take time you can't just flip the switch in one night I think you're also going to have him start beating dudes who aren't Gargetto or Priest
2: mm-hmm. and
3: I don't think they'll start doing that until after the triple threat
2: but like who do they have him beat
3: well, once he's, if he's an established champion you can have him start beating just you know dopes Cameron nerds. Grimes
2: Cameron Grimes, your Bronson Reed you know you're two week push guys Ah, yes. The classics. Hmm. Beast, yes, he looked really good in this opening match. He looked great. Yeah. He looks good in the last match, too. Hmm. Cameron Grimes, strutting backstage, very confident about his ability to defeat a, a face-covered Dexter Loomis. Bless him. Straight to the moon, baby. Poor anybody that shows any amount of comic time in that company is just cursed. You should never do it. Never let them know you're funny. Like, just never do it. You're doomed.
3: Every time I see him, I'm just like, what if he just had, like... You know, the wrestling guy gimmick.
2: (laughs) And he was just beating dudes. I was watching, uh, there was an anniversary of a four-way in TNA. It was a 2016 match between Lashley, Mike Bennett, Trevor Lee, and um, EC3. And there was a period in that match where he just went nuts, throwing forearms, doing dives over the post onto Lashley and Bennett, doing like deadlift Germans, and looking like the kind of star that everyone knows he can be if anybody actually pushed them that way and I got so frustrated watching it it's like why doesn't any of these companies push him like this because he can do it yeah like the only company that ever like really
3: did it was PWG yeah and even they were like you know shit off, shit'll get off the pot man like cause they, they teased it every single time and then the only time where they were like ah, alright <laughs> he got signed
2: speaking of him uh, him against Dexter Lumis in a blindfold match went to a no contest
3: It was a, it was an angle it wasn't a match
2: yeah, they they quickly remove their blindfolds, brawl around ringside after a ref bump. I was a big fan of Grimes just kicking the shit out of the ref. Understandably, zombie ref <laughs> hates him. Even even blindfolded, he knows he hates him as a zombie. <laughs> he can sense it. He can smell the zombie.
3: I hated how like, uh, limit, Loomis like he punched him with the mask on, and then fucking is it Vic Joseph? Yeah. Vic Joseph was like ah oh, that sixth sense of Dexter Loomis I was like shut up
2: shut the fuck up <laughs> he is superpowers Liam it's, in, it's canon I hate it like and I was liking Dexter Loomis too I
3: was really enjoying his presentation at NXT <laughs> but this is stupid
2: when he was when he was just a creep but the can kind of creeps who aren't supernatural in this company it's very strange mm. uh, they had a big brawl around ringside maybe they'll have just a big silly street fight brawl where they beat the hell out of each other that would be fun
3: do that at a
2: Christmas street fight. They're, oh no, they're not uh, the nightmare on 76th Street fight yep, Christmas.
3: Yeah, nightmare at full sail. <laughs> I actually had one more point about the Leonard Ruff uh, title reign. Go on. Is this the first time where they've gone this hard on the Jobber gets the upset win story? Because, like, the North American title still does feel like a pretty big deal in Mm -hmm. NXT you know most of the time it's been top guys who have won that belt is this the most committed to that story that they've ever been
2: in NXT history or WWE history in WWE history because
3: even in like WWE like uh, there are times like you know they they did the Santino stuff with the IC and they did it with like Colin Delaney but like that was on the B show and that was for like enough that was in a place where like the titles
2: don't mean shit Colin Delaney never won anything
3: Yeah, but, like, uh, he he got the upset win, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But, like, it was for nothing. Yeah, the Santino one is
2: the, the the only other one that comes to mind that they did actually go into a, like, meaningful title run with somebody.
3: Yeah, but it still feels like the North American title feels like a bigger deal than the IC title did at the same
2: time. Back then, like, you had Umaga as champion. Umaga, Jeff Hardy, that's a decent level of star.
3: I suppose that's true. But, you know, it felt like titles were accessories there. True. To, like, actual stars while... Like North American title, I, I give it enough credit that it you know it's, it's been held by what Cole, Gargano, Priest, whoever like the other big names. Gargano, is there one more Ricochet? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so like you know, there's it's a high caliber of champion there. I feel I don't know. I just I, I feel I I it's not even like admirable or anything, but it's just like I they, they committed to it at least. <laughs>
2: Shotzi Blackheart had a, a vignette which I didn't like for a single reason I actually thought it was a well pretty vignette but the, the only, only reason the only reason I didn't like it is because they announced war games here and <laughs> yeah. I'm like what, why not save that for the cool moment at the end of the show where William Regal dramatically says war games mm. well no because this is for the women but, like, just do oh, this next women. week. Just, like, like it really took the air out of the blue. Like, what else is William Reed gonna do? It, it ruined that moment for me, because I'm just like, it's obviously War Games. Yeah, the thing is, though, is, like, they hadn't even announced War Games at that point. Yeah, this was the announcement of
3: War Games. Yeah, I was saying, like, you could have legitimately had the match announced before the show, which means it makes sense, <laughs> instead oh, yeah. of just,
2: this is the War Games pay-per-view. And like, but just put this now on next week. There was nothing on this show that really required this to be on the show this week. Just put it on the show next week. You could have done it in the final segment. Yeah, but yeah, I thought the moment where William Regal dramatically was like War game. Oh, like that's a cool moment. You ruined it by already announcing War Games. Oh God. Okay.
3: Yeah, like I don't know. Um, NXT. They're gonna do two War Games matches in front of like ten people.
2: Uh, yes. <laughs> Though to <laughs> I, be fair, I believe legally speaking. Uh, destroying a foreign entity's tank is an act of war, and thus war games is required.
3: But it was two people from the same country. If anything
2: isn't in that, just... But they're two different sovereign entities. That's all that matters. (laughs) Don't you poke holes in
3: this. (laughs) Wouldn't it be more of a a traitor thing? Did I not just tell you not to poke holes in this? Candice LeRae,
2: Indy Hartwell defeated Caden Carter and Casey Catanzaro (laughs) in the classic...
3: Kaden Carter and Casey Gonzalo were like, oh man, they're probably going to get a women's tag team title match.
2: Nope, they got the two-week push.
3: They didn't even get that.
2: <laughs> no, uh, they won to lose. It's their. It's this classic NXT mid-card women's match where jobbers lose to stars. You've seen it a million times. You won't remember it at all immediately after Indy the Indy must be
3: very happy to be on the other side of it for once.
2: Yeah, she's a pushed entity. She's probably going to be in war games. So there you go. Well, can you do a big war games like William Regal?
3: War Games. There we go. This is the show you come to for impressions.
2: Uh, aturas... oh, sorry, Huas, I believe it's <laughs> Sorry. That's how they say it. It's not my fault. It's very strange. They don't pronounce it or. It's a J for some reason. Uas. Uas, yes. Uh, he had a, a, a vignette hyping him up, but then he didn't get an entrance for his match against Kushida and then lost this match against Kushida. It was very funny. I'm like, what are we doing? Why? And then he got hurt. <laughs> He got hurt, yeah, so he's injured. So it was a bad night for him returning from Raw yeah. Underground. Where he was, like, actually pretty cool. Yeah. But I find it really, it's like, oh, they they gave him a, a, a little feature. They're actually going to push him. And then he didn't get an entrance and he lost. I'm like, well, I guess not. I like U-S. UAS. 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 U-as. This is the rest of this show. We're like, who, ass? Mackenzie Mitchell interviewed Tony Storm and Ember Moon about facing Raquel and Dakota Kai. They were like, we're gonna fight. We're titles there, but we're still friends. Or, well, associates, I guess. Maybe not friends. Are they friends? It not make
3: much sense. There was never any establishment that they are friends. Because, like, Tony was friends with Shotzi. She's in the wrong feud.
2: That led us into Tony Storm and Ember Moon defeating Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez. Yeah. Perfectly fine match.
3: It was okay. Three women's matches on this show. Hmm? It can happen.
2: It's allowed. They are allowed to do it. Uh, Tim Thatcher defeated August Gray in a nice little fun little squash. They Competitive did the squash set up as well. Uh, well, people arrived, yeah. Hmm. Pat McAfee and Cole showed up to the building.
3: I meant like for the women. Like
2: they oh, yes, yes, yes. You had Candace and Indy showing up to set up those teams. Sure. Mm
3: hmm. Uh. August Gray's like I know that he's like doing the retro AG stuff but like it didn't look like they were setting up for him to continue that character at
2: all it's a very weird fit that he's doing that while standing up to Tim Thatcher as like this guy who can kind of compete on a shooter level with Tim a little and like there's kind of like a a cognitive dissonance there where he looks like a goof but he's meant to be like a fight a a relatively competent fighter doesn't really make sense
3: I appreciated um thatcher beating him with the mood that he was teaching him
2: yeah that's how, that's how you learn him. that's how you teach him a yeah. lesson um, yeah thatcher was good in
3: this he, Thatcher's good at beating up
2: nerds yes this is a skill of his
3: i also appreciate that Thatcher's nxt gimmick is like guy who can beat up mid-card guys but then anyone who is slightly above mid-card he wants to back away from like a coward <laughs>
2: Yes, speaking of uh, Tommaso Champa's music hit after the match, and apparently the person that Ciampa's very upset about, champa who's been a heel lately, I think, but now is a babyface again?
3: No, he's beating up Dream. He was a face.
2: Oh, yeah, because he was the heel before that. Then he turned face to beat up Dream, and I guess he's still a babyface for now. But apparently the person that's bad in the locker room, the <laughs> snake in the back, is <laughs> Tim Thatcher.
3: <laughs> I was like, no, no, Bella's segments later. <laughs> what are you doing, Champa?
2: it was a weird one I don't I don't um, really get are it are they
3: gonna have like a number one contenders thing and then Ciampa just beats him I guess
2: Ciampa's still in such a weird place on this show
3: so is Thatcher
2: <laughs> that's true too
3: I don't know man it's just the Thatcher stuff is so weird cause like I think Thatcher has taken the shit that they've given him mm-hmm. and done actually pretty well with it mm. but they just they refuse to like give him any actual discernible real push yeah that is like, hey, beats up a guy, then he loses to Bronson Reed, and then he loses to Finn Balor in a non-title match.
2: And he loses to Dexter Loomis. He gets fucking tapped out
3: by, <laughs> by Dexter, Dexter Loomis.
2: <laughs> there is an era where if any of this mattered, like, Dexter Loomis submitting Tim Thatcher would be one of those things we talk about for years and years mm. as, like, a star-ruining moment. But none of this matters, so it's just forgotten yeah I don't know I just I like Thatcher and I wish he was being treated better we uh, after the match uh, Champa was like I would like to fight him
3: it doesn't make any sense they even set up a Dexter Loomis thing with Thatcher
2: that also basically went nowhere yeah like he just backs away th- from people that's that's his thing uh, we had the second segment with Priest, Gargano, and... Ro- who was Priest meant to face? This is the question, well, I'll never get the answer to.
3: Um, I'm just going to assume it's Bronson Reed, because it's always Bronson Reed.
2: William Regal visited Boa's house.
3: <laughs> okay, so he said she's coming, right? Yeah. What? Who is it? I don't know. All uh, right. Are they stupid enough? <laughs> yes. To pick
2: someone who's Japanese? It's going to be like Scarlet. Uh, is it gonna be someone
3: who's white
2: I would not put it past them but yes in this segment Willie Miegel showed up to his house being like hey Boa you haven't reported to the performance center in a week and Boa's like no no I can't she's coming I can't I can't leave the house he had like two black eyes looked like he hadn't slept in a week and then Regal's like where's Jaya been it's like she's hiding she's in hiding leave me alone no she's dead we were
3: aware <laughs> slammed the door
2: in Regal's face
3: Okay, so the way I see this... We got, like, three options. Okay. It's either... Because, like, who... Which prominent, like, Japanese females have they signed? Because I know it's not going to be anyone else. Uh, sh- Sairi? But she's, like, a, like... I, I haven't seen any Sairi, actually, so I don't know what her gimmick is, but I don't know if she fits that, necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be, like, one of the many... Uh, Chinese recruits that they had, but that's a big spot, I feel, to put someone in from coming in.
2: But, like, this could just be a manager role, though. Or,
3: Xia gets a great mood of form. Sure.
2: We <laughs> <laughs> get the great Xia She becomes the dragon. <laughs> she starts doing mist. <laughs> Clearly, Maiko Satamora. That would be so. <laughs> <laughs> she has signed, doesn't she? Wasn't she reporting to NXT UK?
3: I don't know. I should be Miko. Let's just... I don't fuck fucking know anymore, man. Maiko... It should be Maiko just because she should come in and, don't just beat EO. Yeah. That would be a good feud, to be fair. Mm. It'd be a good feud shrouded in, like, this weird,
2: mystical... <laughs> Dragons marking people. Shifus.
3: Yeah. I don't know. Because I just... I don't know who else it could be. If it was going to be a manager pay, if you think they'd just have it be the dude... <laughs>
2: Uh, the, well, yeah, they, they said that he is apparently his master.
3: Meh. My big money is still that it's Lord Tensai. There
2: you go. She, she's coming, Tensai. Uh, <laughs> main event: Io Shirai. Defeated oh, I know. We got a big announcement first. To retain. What's our big announcement?
3: Um, NXT has obviously found out the reason AEW has been beating them week after week in the ratings. Right. No guest commentators. Mm. AEW does 50 guest commentators a show, and they have great ratings. Therefore, NXT needs to do guest commentators to get
2: great ratings. We had Jericho this week. We had Kingston. There was another one, wasn't there? Miro. Miro. So we had three on this week's show. So yeah, they're like, Kevin Owens, come on down.
3: But yeah, um, I hope like Kevin... Treats it like how CM Punk treated <laughs> when he was um, commentating NXT.
2: Just slyly buried everything. Yeah, it's the way to go.
3: But yeah, uh, Kevin Owens. Maybe he'll just. Maybe he'll just because he was on War Games last time. Maybe he'll just beat someone up and join a War Games team.
2: Maybe Kevin Owens will be the person that Bo is scared of.
3: Oh my God! What a twist! Maybe um, Kevin Owens will join Pat McAfee's stable. Does that have a
2: name yet? I don't think it does.
3: I think, they're called the brand, aren't they? Uh, They're called, like, the kings of NXT, is what all of their um, Twitter stuff is called. It's
2: unlike WWE not to beat that over my head, so.
3: It's like, they're either the kings of NXT, or they're the brand, because Pat's whole thing is the brand, right? So, Mm. I don't
2: know. Main event, Io Shirai defeated Rhea Ripley to retain the NXT Women's Championship. And remember when you were like, these matches have done nothing for me? Yeah. This match did nothing for me.
3: Ah, I was the opposite. I thought this was actually pretty good. I mean, I'm not like rushing to put it on the spreadsheet or anything, but good it was event. fun. Um, Rhea's ear ripped in half. That was fun.
2: Yeah, don't wear earrings while wrestling. It's a bad idea. Especially those don't kind of earrings. Don't wear sketches
3: while wrestling.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you sent me a DM saying like, don't wear stretchers, and my brain just read it as sketchers. And I'm like, oh, lots of wrestlers wrestle in shoes. What's wrong with wrestling in sketchers? <laughs> McFoley wrestled in sketchers. <laughs> I was like, oh, wait. Right, now I know what you mean
3: but yeah like I always like every time I saw a wrestler I'd always think like one day shit's gonna go poorly and it did and today was that day
2: mm. I like how they clearly realized I had like five minutes left on this show because like Eo's leaving and Finn just jumps in the ring. and I thought they were like gonna like you know do a little interaction because she stopped at the top of the ramp but nah Finn just started talking now Finn's like ah you did well <laughs> before he was interrupted by Pat McAfee, before Finn brought back up, apparently, an Undisputed Era, before William Regal announced War Games.
3: Did he announce War Games? I thought they were just beating each other
2: up. They It was like a digital exclusive, I believe. Ah. Uh, because I think they ran out of time. War Games! Yeah, I've definitely seen the video of announcing War Games, so it's, it did happen. <laughs> they just didn't apparently get it on their TV show.
3: <laughs> or on their network that they control.
2: It's an important part to, to miss, I'd imagine, but sure. As you pointed out, they were probably the one. Because, like, EO and Rhea Ripley went very long.
3: Yeah. Well, understandably. Yeah, it's a big match. It's, like, the biggest match they've had in a while.
2: They clearly, Okada Marty did. And they had to rush the rest of the show together.
3: Hopefully, not too much.
2: Uh,
3: <laughs> hey, uh, hey, oh. <laughs> show the week, Liam. It would fit
2: in NXT. I think we go to show the week.
3: I may have made myself change my mind. I'm gonna pick NXT.
2: <laughs> well, I could leave it up to the poll. <laughs> well, the poll is seventy three twenty seven in favor of AEW, so you have the deciding vote this week, Liam. Um, what
3: show did I have more fun watching? Uh... Um, NXT was more consistent. AEW had higher highs.
2: I feel like we picked or AEW apart a lot more, which is the reason I voted for NXT. But
3: there's stuff on AEW that I'll actually go back and rewatch. Like what? Uh, they'll probably watch that Tall Fight Young Bucks match again. I've already watched that Hobbs turn a couple of times because it was done well. Uh, I will go with. What does my heart say? My heart says NXT.
2: Way! Hey, there was you earlier today on this show being like, oh, the problem with this show is that one of them is much better. And then you That pick being NXT. said,
3: yeah, <laughs> one of them is still much better consistently.
2: <laughs> that is our show. We already did all the outro stuff at the start, so just go you back You didn't pick your, your match. Oh, I'm still tough. I'm also tough like Young Bucks.
3: Yeah, that match ruled. It was was. really cool seeing basically a young (laughs) Motor City Machine Guns. Even a gear that looks like Motor City Machine Guns.
2: I think that will be a match that will be historically important. Or at least I hope Uh, so.
3: I look forward to when the Motor City Machine Guns Wrestle Bucks. Forbidden door wide open on the ground.
2: Uh, Go back to the start to listen to the plugs. Thanks for listening. And bye bye.
3: Uh, yeah.
2: (laughs) got out very fast there, didn't I? (laughs)